It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I'm great. Yeah, in Matt, the building. Welcome uh, to the show for the first time. Thanks we appreciate it. Do right. you think Tiasca Hernandez is one of the top five <laughs> clutch hitters yeah, of the last what did you think 23 of that years? Um, what was missing? I love lists, and I like the way you guys uh, have the show formatted because yeah, I just felt you. like literally I walked downstairs to my buddy's basement, right. and it was just on. That's what we yeah, want to do. I mean, that's, that's literally that's our, going our for, really. mission statement. Yeah, there, there's no varnish. Or we're not being no, fair. No, we're not. No. Uh, nobody's feelings are, are afraid of getting no, hurt. No, like, no, we, we trample. You everyone. say something dumb, you're going to get crushed. Oh yeah, so it should right. be. You I can't like be it. sensitive on this like show. It, yeah. It's not going to go well. Did you? Uh, was there anybody in, you that's off the top of your head that that should be on that list or at least be in consideration for the list? Um, Jose, should we put Jose on that list? I think Jose Ramirez is on that list. I mean, you know, again, I think. If you're going to, you almost have to separate it out. You're talking about postseason clutch right, performance right, right. or just guys in the clutch. Because yeah. I've, I've seen so many games, not as many postseason games have I covered, obviously. But, yeah. you know, there are games where you're looking at that. You're looking at, I'm looking at my lineup card and I'm like, gosh, was a, the lineup's going to turn over. We're going to have to see so-and-so again, you know. And, you know, you think about the, the Tigers run. It's like you didn't want to see Miguel Cabrera late in the game. No. You did not want to see him up with a chance to do any kind of damage yep. because he's a guy that will use the whole field. And those are the guys – that's like that's why Derek Jeter was such a great, in my opinion, clutch performer. David Ortiz, maybe you could pitch to him at times, although he was on a different level there for a while. But, but yeah. home run guys have holes in their swings. Yeah, that's true. But Jeter could just, boom, hit one to right field, jump one right. in, and then and you're screwed. You're done. I remember – as a kid, as a Cubs fan, the first time they made the playoffs was 1984, and they played the Padres. And I was like, oh, every time Tony Gwynn came to the plate, you know, like Jack <laughs> Clark was on that Padre team, but yeah. like you could pitch around him somewhat. They had power, but t- you couldn't pitch around Tony Tony yeah. Gwynn. Yeah. You knew he was going to put the ball in play. You just had to hope you were going to be there to make the play. And, I, you know, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and, and you know, growing up in the 70s, the big red machine, yeah. find a hitter in that lineup you wanted to face. Yeah, right. Tony Perez, Joe Morgan, mm-hmm. Johnny Bench, on and on. You, there, there wasn't an easy out there. Right. And, you know, the Pirates with Willie Stargell and Dave Parker and Bill Madlock and Mike Easler. I mean, mm-hmm. and the Phillies, Greg Luzinski, and then when Pete Rose went over there. I mean, yeah. they, there were some Schmidt. great teams. The yeah. Baltimore Orioles had yeah. great teams. Um, and those guys were a, are a different breed of hitter because it wasn't all about launch angle and trying to hit it out of the I park. Know. And so those guys, you feared them because you never, you, if you made a bad pitch, they were going to make you pay for it. Yeah. But you could make a good pitch, and they'd still find a way to get the bat on it and find a hole, and you end up losing the ball game. Well, we, Matt, I just gave a stat. Sorry, G, real quick. I, I gave a stat the other day. I, I saw that Rod Carew won the batting title seven out of ten years, and the three years he didn't win it, he had 360, 330, and three, <laughs> 310 or something like that. Guys like him, you had George Brett, you know, Wade Boggs, all yeah. these guys that were just hitting machines. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. No, well, well I, I look at it like this. You know, the, the Guardians of today, the team that, that would scare me, and I look at it, you know, you're up uh, a game on the Yankees, 
And it's like you watch these games and the whole time you're like, can we get enough runs? Can we get enough runs? Can we get enough runs? And they get up and they might be a down two or three runs or they might be not batting well, well the whole game. And then and the three run homer comes around. Like, yeah. Is that a tough thing to do? Is that a, it, it, you know, I asked Jay and I asked Bull and, and Jason, I said, is it possible to win a World Series if you are a hit to contact team? You're going to play solid defense and you're going to run the bases. Is that a way you can win a World Series with the way things are played today? Certainly you can, but I think it makes it more difficult because, as we all know, when you get into the postseason, you're only facing the top three pitchers starting wise. Mm -hmm. And then you got everybody coming out of that bullpen right behind him. So you're not going to feast on the four and five starters in a rotation. Uh, so you're not going to get as many hits. So it's tough to string together four and five hits in an inning to have a big rally, which is why you need to have that threat of the long ball. You need somebody in that lineup that can pop one and get you some instant offense. And, and you know, look, uh, are they a mashing team? No, but last year against Tampa Bay, game one. I mean, it's a, it's a best of three, right? It's, it's you got to win. It's in in they they uh, Shane Bieber gives up a run. It's one nothing. Jose comes back in the bottom, I think it was the seventh inning, and Homer to tie the game up. That was huge. One mm -hmm. swing of the bat, bang, we're back to even. And then, you know, they end up winning the game. And then we had the epic 16-inning uh, scoreless wow, affair until yeah. Oscar walked it off. So yeah, you, you need to have uh, that threat. And I think Oscar Gonzalez, Jose, adding Josh Bell yeah. to the middle of that lineup, that gives you legitimate fear yeah. as a pitcher. Like, okay, if I make a mistake here, that ball is going to be in the seats. And if healthy, Zanino for a catcher has a sure. lot of power. Yeah. Now, can he stay healthy for a whole season? We'll see. He's coming off a bad injury from last year. Have you been to spring training yet? Yeah, I was down so, there for a week. And you're going back? Or? Yeah. So, how does Zanino look so far? What's the early thoughts on him? You know, good. I mean, he's uh, he's healthy. Yeah. So, he had the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. Right, right, so, right. It, it, it's, it's not so much a performance injury as it is, you know, it's, it's something that you have to have done for circulation reasons. Right. And it's, it's become... As gruesome as it sounds, it's become a fairly common, somewhat common procedure. So it's not like he had a muscle that was torn and had right, to be reattached. Right. He, he should be fine. And you're right. You're talking about a couple of years ago. He's a 33 home run guy. Yeah. He's not going to hit for a high average, but he gives you threat, which again, for a pitcher gives you, you know, you got to think about what, what you're going to do here. And I love, I loved Austin Hedges and Luke Maley last year. Great defensive catchers. Uh, great guys, good yeah. people in the clubhouse. They kept yeah. everything light and loose. But, man, they just you, – you were, like, hoping for them to get a hit, and it just yeah. didn't happen. Mm. It just wasn't a lot of production right. from that position. Hopefully, Mike Zanino can give you, right. you know, some, some power yes. and some thump every once in a while at the bottom part of the lineup. What do you expect – are we going back to baseball as we know it? You mentioned launch angle earlier. I just wonder, are we finally going back to baseball of 10 and 15 years ago with the rules changes? I, th I think – the good news for me is that we were all, the Cleveland Guardians are already there. Yeah, you know, it's like they it's almost like they were looking out over the horizon and say, hey, boys, I, I see the game is changing. You Let's know, get there ahead of time. I don't think that is actually what happened. Zach Meisel and I had that conversation a few last year probably is did they see this coming and they because they built this roster for contact. Yeah, far more, more than most other teams. Like it's almost like that's what they look for in hitters now. You know, I think that's just a look a, a hitting coach a long time ago once told me. You can teach a guy that can hit to hit for power. But if you can't make contact, right. I got, where am I going with this? Right, yeah, you right. know, Russell Brandon was a great example mm. of a guy who could turn heads in batting practice. Did you see where that ball went? And even in yeah, a game, right. he, could, he could hit a ball as far as any. We did a game in Venezuela one spring training against the Astros. He hit a ball out of the stadium. Like the people in the top <laughs> row stood up and watched it go over their heads, and it went yeah. out of the damn stadium. Yeah. And I, I thought that's the longest home run I think at that time I had ever seen. Right. But Russell couldn't hit for contact. You know, yeah. he, he'd hit 216 and strike out 150 times, and those home runs would be majestic, but not enough of them to right. overcome that. And yeah. so if you can hit for average, you can teach a guy to, okay, now get the head out a little bit earlier and hit that pitch and hit it, pull it for a home run. Jim right. Tomey was not a home run hitter. Jim Tomey right. was an opposite field doubles machine. Yeah. And Charlie Emanuel opened his stance up and taught him how to get the ball out front and hit it for power, and he became a home run monster. So I think if you're scouting your people that are out there beating the bushes, you find guys that can hit for average and, and consistently put the ball in play, you know, with physical – uh, you know, maturation, you're going to, you're going to get bigger. I mean, he, yeah. he, every year we come to camp, it's like, wow, that guy, 
He, it's just because yeah. he's a year older, yeah. right? And he's on the nutrition program, and he's just you know he's eating better. I mean, look at when I was twenty, I'd eat fast food every day if you'd let me. Yeah. But they get these guys in the system, and they teach yeah. them this is what you need to eat every day, and and keep the body fueled properly. So these guys are getting stronger, they're getting faster, they're getting better. I think that they do the same thing with pitching, right? They like to draft and acquire pitchers who have good command. Yeah. And then they get their velocity up. Velocity. We've seen this. Yeah. Time and time again. This will be the great uh, novel down the road. Yeah. How, what was the formula? Because we, even internally, we have these discussions. Because, you know, when you have success, the poachers come along. I want to take this guy right. and make him my pitching coach. I want to take this guy and make him my pitching coordinator in the minor leagues. What are they doing in Cleveland? We'll take some of their guys. Yeah. But they continue to turn them out. So there's, it's more than just one person having sure. all the answers. They've got some kind of really good formula for getting these guys into the system and where they also excel, not just drafting, but they acquire guys in trades that you're like, who's this guy? Corey, right. who's Corey Kluber, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, just a two-time Cy Young Award winner down the road. Once we figure out how to optimize his pitches and, and they've just done a fantastic job. And that's what keeps you relevant as a smaller market team. You've right. got to have pitching. You have to develop it yourself. How, right. how, do you, how do you stop the slander in the grocery stores? I know when people see you, they say, <laughs> where's the money at, Matt? Yeah. What are they doing with the money? Do you have a list of notes that you give people? Have the Dolans <laughs> given you a bullet point presentation? <laughs> this is what you need to hit here and here and, and, and get out the self-checkout line. Look, um, I think we, we all, as fans, we want to spend the owner's money. It yep. doesn't matter what sport, football, basketball, you name sure. it. Go get this guy. Go get that guy. We'll be a better team if we trade for this guy. Uh, it's just our nature as fans. We want the best players at every position. We want an all-star team. Um, the reality is you've got a budget to work with, whether you're an owner or a general manager. Um, that's, that's not something we want to talk about as fans. I don't want to talk about budget. I want to talk about the best players. So. Right. What Chris and Mike and that front office have done a wonderful job of is taking, here's the budget. This is what we have to spend. How do we best allocate those funds to stay competitive? Because you guys were just talking about teams that tanked. Mm -hmm. Right. This organization has never said, well, we're just going to throw in right. the towel. They continue to stay relevant longer than any of their franchise in the city. For, for 20 years, they've been a relevant team year yeah. in and year out. That's admirable. I, I love the job that they've done. I try to focus more on that when anybody comes with that you know, oh, they don't spend this, they don't spend yeah. that. It's like, well, it's not, it's not your money. You know, <laughs> it, when you have enough money to buy a team, you can spend it any way you want. I hear you. I listen. I scream about the payroll too. It's frustrating. I sure. Get it. It, we all want because because they have such a great front office. We think, wow, if this team had a hundred and fifty million dollar payroll, how good could they be? But it is what it is. We can't control that situation. So what we can control is okay. Well, or, or, let's look at this team and what they need now. For the first time in a while. I feel like I'm thinking ahead to the trade deadline. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to win the division. I, I'm, look, I'm thinking already about the playoffs, and I think they're going to need one more starting pitcher. I know that's crazy, <laughs> but I'm thinking ahead. But it, it, it's good because for the last bunch of years, we've been like, who the hell is going to play left field? Who the hell is going to play right, right field? Right now, you feel like there's, a, there's at least a decent starter at every spot. Now, maybe that changes. I am a little nervous, though, Matt, about, about the back of the rotation. For me, I don't trust Polisak. And I don't trust Savali. I like Quantrill, but I was hoping they'd get a veteran starter in the mix to face a Garrett Cole or somebody in the mm -hmm. playoffs. I think, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic they have payroll flexibility to potentially trade for a pitcher at some point. Do you think, or, or are you comfortable with what they have right now in the starting rotation? You know, I'm comfortable with, with what they have. Um, based on what I saw a year ago. And in and, and the hope that Plesak and Savali stay healthy and get out there and give you 30 starts. If they don't, then you have to look internally first because that's, that's the way they operate. And internally, they've got two pretty good-looking young studs down on the farm that, that they didn't bring to camp for the same reason they didn't bring Bieber to right. camp a few years ago. Because but are they, they going to be ready to join the team this year? I you think, think so? they could be. Okay, I well, mean, then that's a different they're, story. They're yeah. kind of flying through the system. Gavin yeah. Williams is a name to remember. Yes. Tanner Bybee. Those are the right. two two names that are kind of on the horizon. Because Espino's been hurt. Yeah. And yeah. Logan Allen is another guy. He's a left-hander. Not the Logan yeah, Allen from a year ago. But this right. is another kid that, yeah. that's uh, very exciting. So they've got three guys that are sort of on the periphery that are not that far away. And look, that's that's like last year. You go into the season.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Nobody was talking about Oscar Gonzalez being on the big league team. And then he comes up in the middle of the season. You're like, where's this guy been, right? They have Uh, left him for the Rule 5 draft. Right, right in the (laughs) offseason last year. And and Will Brennan was another one. I mean, we saw him tearing up AAA. We're like, where's he at? Why isn't he getting called up? And then he he got called up in September. Now he's got a a real good opportunity to be on this ball club. So, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. Their, Their ability to draft, identify, develop. It's one thing, as you said. You know, you could tank and get the number one pick in the draft. That doesn't mean anything in no, baseball. It's there a crapshoot. You go back and look at the history of Major oh, League Baseball drafts. The first round is littered with guys you've never heard of that never, never made, made the it. Major. Yeah. Never, never made first made. round picks. I know. It's it's not like it's the hardest sport. Yeah. To yeah. project, especially when you draft high school kids. Yeah. yeah. Like who the hell knows how these guys are going right. to develop? Yeah. Plus they're playing with metal bats. You know, it's a t- and it, mentally. Yeah. You just, right. It's hard to crawl in somebody' head and, and try and figure out is this kid. Right. I remember the story, Bartolo Colon, um, when, they, when they signed Bartolo Colon. Now, he wasn't part of the draft. You know, he right. was in the Dominican. Yeah. They signed him, uh, 16 years old. When they signed him, and I don't remember what the money was at the time. It's irrelevant. Whatever yeah. it was, 10000 20000 it was more money than his family had ever seen. Right. The question the organization had internally was, because this guy has nothing, Will a little bit be enough to satiate him, and will he want to continue to get better? Right. And what wouldn't you know it? He turned. He pitched more longer than anybody in wow. the history of their organization. Know. Crazy. Yeah. You know. You it's just amazing, never know. You never know. You yeah. don't. You never know what's inside somebody. No. In terms of getting back to what we first started with the power, Matt, because I think for the for the Guardians, to me, the goal is: can you get to the middle of the pack? You know, they're not they're not going to compete with the elite in terms of power. They just don't have that kind of roster. But I think they can get to the middle of the pack in power if these things, if certainly if Zanino stays healthy, if Josh Bell takes what I believe is still one more step in his game, and if Oscar Gonzalez moves forward. Like, we, you've been covering this game forever. We know in baseball more than any other sport, a guy could look awesome as a rookie, and then his second year he could suck. I, I think we all feel good about Stephen Kwan being still good because of the nature of his game. Yeah. But Gonzalez, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's got 20 home runs in June. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in the minors in June. I just think that's the nature of baseball. But if he can be a legit 30 home run guy, then they could really move into the middle of the pack in power. And with the ability to get on base, the speed, the defense, if they could be middle of the pack, they could play with anybody. You know, I, I think if you think about baseball and, and maybe how it relates to other sports, maybe it's the one sport where each position impacts the other more than any other sport. Like, if you think of an offensive line in football, they all have to work in concert. Yeah. But, you know, having a great center, you know, isn't necessarily dependent on the two guards. Each guy's got his individual assignment. He does what he does. Uh, certainly running backs back in the old day when they had two back sets, they could complement each other. You could have a banger and you could have a speed guy getting outside. Baseball, each spot in the lineup is dependent on the guy in front of them and behind him. And I think so what they're building here is Stephen Kwan in that leadoff spot, he took to it. Yeah. As soon as they put him in there and got Miles out of there, the offense really took off. And to your point, he's got great bat-to-ball skills. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, Jose is the guy last year that what he did was incredible because for most of the year, he had no protection. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick Manning and I, were we marveled. We were like, you really, you really think nobody's intentionally walked him? And I then all of a sudden, like come June 1st, it right. was like every other day they were putting, just yeah. put him on, put him on. Yeah. So now with Josh Bell behind him, presumably, you're going to have to think twice about how you pitch to Jose. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, I love. He's one of my favorite awesome. guys. He, yeah. he reminds me. Remember Ronnie Lott with the 49ers? Yep, of course. That's what I think of when I watch Ahmed Rosario run the bases. Those high knees, it looks like he's going to, if you got hit in the chin with one of his knees, he'd be out <laughs> for a week. Um, I love the way he just attacks the game. So your first three hitters, and then, again, Josh Bell. A lot, a lot depends on how he handles the middle of that order. If he protects mm-hmm. Jose, Jose might have a big year. 
And then, you know, Josh could have a big year because people are being careful with Jose and then they make a mistake and Josh Bell pounds it. And then you got Josh Naylor sitting behind him and, and Oscar Gonzalez sitting behind him. And, you know, who knows how the rest of the lineup is going right, to shake right. out. But Mike Hargrove said it a long time ago. A four-hole hitter legitimizes your entire lineup. When you have that guy that sits in the middle, the guys in front of him are going to get better pitches to see, and the guys behind him, they get better because whew, now the pitcher has nowhere to take a breath. You know, I finally got through the f- top four, yeah. and now I got Oscar Gonzalez, or now I got Josh Naylor. Whoever's right. behind him, you, you're, there's not going to be as easy a break. Last year, you could probably say there were times where you got through the first six, you could kind of take a Oh, absolutely. Yeah. With, with, sure. you, you mentioned Ahmed Rosario. What is his long out term, you know, long term uh, appeal with the Guardians? Because they keep, we got all these in middle infielders. I know. And the guy, you know, was a top prospect. He's looks like he's he's found a home at shortstop. And he's, he's had, great, as we're told, you would know better than us, great locker room absolutely. guy. Absolutely. So, you know, what does they it can, look like? He feels like, I don't know if they're going to do it, Matt, because they got all these young guys. But he feels like he should be in the price range that they could keep him. Yeah. Right? He's not getting $30 million a year because he's not a power hitter. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, to me, I feel like his contract's going to be somewhere in that Andrew Benatendi level, like $15 million a year maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. Do you think it's too much? I think, I think right now, you know, where they're at with, with, uh, with regards to Ahmed is, as you pointed out, Garrett, they got all these young guys that are, that are piled up behind him. It's, it's basic economics. You know, yeah. you're going to look at, it's like, well, if we pay a med, we're going to have to unload these young guys because there's nowhere for them to go. Um, and then is that going to impact our ability to keep Shane Bieber or somebody else that's going to come do? You know, where, where can we make the most impact for our buck is, is I think the way Chris and Mike have to, you know, look at building the roster long term, to your point. And that's, that's where it's hard, you know, at, for me and for a lot of people to cover the team because – Look, we're human, and you, you, take, you get an f- affinity for certain people. Like Ahmed Rosario, do I have long conversations about the moon and the stars with him? No. But I love the way he approaches the game. He's very low-key. Andre Knott, who's one of my best friends, he went down to the Dominican and spent some time with Ahmed. He told me, he goes, now we know why he's so quiet. He grew up with sisters. They talked all the time. <laughs> and so Ahmed's just very quiet, very reserved, because that's just yeah. the way he grew up. It's not because he's, you know innately shy or doesn't trust people or anything like that. That's just his personality. And I love that about him because he, he plays with that fire and that energy, but he doesn't have to talk. And he just sits there and watches Jose chirp, and he just gets a big kick out of it. And the two of them played together so well on the left side of the infield. I don't know, to answer your question, uh, if he's a long-term fit. I'm sure they'd love to make it work. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, though. While we're talking about middle infielders, Andres Jimenez, I was looking at the numbers. Yeah. I knew he had a good year. <laughs> He's a stud year. If you look at, if you look at yeah. war, and, and Bull and I have had this conversation, sometimes I think defense gets a little bit too much credit into the war stat. He was putting up war numbers that it took Robbie Alomar to age 31 to, yeah. to have the type of season he had. How good of a year did he have, and is there another step or two? Like, I kept, I kept telling, asking Zach Mize all year, why is the man is hitting seventh? Why is he hitting yeah, sixth and seventh? He's the best hitter in the lineup next to Jose. Yeah. What, yeah he, what, is, what is his next progression? He's one of those guys we were just talking. He came to camp, and I'm like, he just, he just looks even stronger and, you know, not bigger. He didn't bulk up, but he just looks like there's no fat on this guy. Uh, he, he, I think he's a guy – that so we had three guys that stole 20 bases last year and two guys who were close. I, I think we could easily have five 30 stolen bases guys, especially with the bigger bases, the bigger bases. You know, I mean, that, that's yeah, going to yeah. be a point of emphasis. Uh, we saw it right out of the gate. I've gone to spring training where I never saw a stolen base attempt in <laughs> yeah. spring training. There were like four or five in the first game of the year. I'm yeah. like, Dude, what, what's going on? Like wow. somebody shot a starter's gun on there. Jimenez can steal bases. Yeah. Uh, he, he takes the extra base. He turns a single into a double by being aggressive. Um, He's also a guy that I think there's more power in there. Uh, I don't want to see him turn into a, a dead pole guy, right, right. but I think when pitchers make mistakes, they try to throw a breaking ball and it speeds up his bat. He's, he's yeah. going to sting some people. I think that he's a guy that when he came over here, look, uh, I can only imagine what it's like when they say, okay, go, go replace uh, Frank, Frankie Lindor and, and good luck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and he was a very young. He was 20, yeah. 21 years old, and I think that – not that it overwhelmed him, but that certainly was there. And last year he was more comfortable. And, you know, playing yeah. second base, I think he took to that position. Uh, it showcased his athletic ability. 
Uh, I don't know that he still couldn't be a great shortstop, but I think he's got a chance to be a very special second baseman. And um, I, when you said pull hitter, it reminded me, have you guys seen the when when Joey Gallo came up? He's, he's on Minnesota, right? Yeah. Put, did you see how they defended yeah, him? Uh-huh. Did you see this, Jason? No. So, oh, the short? Did they, they put the left fielder they, in short right field? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they have no left fielder. Yeah. In a way, as because if you look at his spray chart, he never hits the ball left field. Mm-hmm. Almost never. <laughs> now, I don't think they're going to do this like they did. Like, with Jose, they'd put the second baseman in short right field. They're not going to take the left fielder with Jose because uh-huh. he can hit the ball to left field. Joey Gallo can't at all. But Joey Gallo is actually going to get screwed by this new rule. A player like him because now there's one more defender <laughs> on the infield. Yeah. And, and it's – but in general, it's – it's. I mean, I like these new rules. I know for old school baseball guys – in which I always considered myself, it's a huge adjustment, all these rules. But I think they're going to make the game more exciting. Think about the NFL, yeah. the NBA, and baseball. Yeah. Comparatively, baseball has moved at a glacial pace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was thinking about this the other day. 1972, the NFL decided to make what at the time was probably overlooked by a lot of people, a, ma- a major change to the playing field. They moved the hash marks in. They moved them so that they were even with the goalposts up and down the field. They used to be way out on the side. So if you had the ball on the right hash, half your offense was running into the sideline. It, yeah, it right, really, right, right. It, you know, so they yeah. moved the hash marks in. The idea was it's going to open up the defense and it will force teams to throw the ball. It will incentivize them to throw the ball more. Yeah. The unintended consequence was it ushered in the year of the runner. More guys rushed for 1,000 yards in 1972 than ever had before yeah, in the history yeah, yeah. of the NFL. And so I'm curious to see what the unintended consequences of these rule changes like are. This. Yes. So <clears throat> to your point, Bull, you, you got three men on the right side of the infield. I'm a left-handed pull hitter. You're going to pitch me to hit into that pull. All right. People that complain like, why don't they just hit the ball the other way? Well, you're not pitch. You're not throwing the pitch away. Mm-hmm. Right. Joey Votto says it best. He goes, we hit where the ball is pitched. If you pitch me away, sure, I'll hit it through the left side all day. But when you got three guys over here on the right side of the infield, you're pounding me in. You're throwing 95-mile-hour cutters in on my fist. The only thing I can do is try and pull it over there. Right. So now there's only two defenders over here, two defenders over there, the, the, you know, the old-fashioned side. Right, right, right. So as a pitcher, if I've got a left-handed pull hitter up there, yeah. am I going to pitch him in knowing that there's one less defender over there? Right. No. Maybe not. Right, right, Maybe right. now I'm throwing him more pitches away. So what's the – cat and mouse game what's how does the hitter react to the way pitchers jose's used to seeing in in just pound it in well Mm -hmm. now if he's getting pitches away does he make the adjustment say all right i'm gonna i'm gonna start taking it the other way does his double count go up because he's gonna backspin the ball to left or does he say no i'm gonna hook it and go through that hole on the right side because i know there's more room over there i'm anxious to see how that particular rule change yeah impacts the game this year i'm curious Neither Josh Bell nor Josh Naylor are very good defensively. Uh, who who do you think primarily will play first and who will primarily DH? I think Josh Bell will be primarily the designated hitter. Okay. Uh, I think if Tito can get him out there defensively, it helps because yeah. the one thing that we had going for us last year as a ball club was that the DH was used to get more people involved on everyday pace. Sure. Guys yeah. didn't sit on the bench and wait for a week to play because right. mm-hmm. he could move them around. If Josh Bell is just a DH, well, then that takes your ability to right. move people around. So I think he would Tito well, in a perfect world. He'd like to have him out there a couple right. of days a week. Well, we know Naylor's not going to play against lefties this year, right? I mean, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that he's going to stri- strictly platoon him. Yeah. There definitely will be certain left-handers like, well, this is just a bad idea. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give him the day off here. But, uh, you know, I think defensively, look, they've tried a lot of different things. And, and they're looking at a lot of different things. So, so the other problem that they have, it's a good problem to have, is they've got young guys that are kind of backed up like Gabriel Arias. Mm-hmm. Where does he fit? I he know. can't play. He ain't playing short. He's not playing third. not playing second. Yeah. So they've got him a little bit first. Maybe try him in the outfield. Same thing with uh, Tyler Freeman. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to find ways to get these guys involved. And so it's a good problem to have. The great thing <laughs> about Terry Francona as a manager yeah. and his staff, and I don't want to leave them out because Mike Sarbaugh uh, figures into this heavily. They work with guys. So if you're not natu- naturally a first baseman, but we want to see if you play there, they're going to work with them. They're going to get you to the point. So if right. they put them out there, it's not going to be an embarrassment to himself or to the team. Uh, so he's great at making sure if you're on the team, you play. You don't sit for a week and just, right. you know, let your skills diminish. 
Matt, great stuff. Have fun down in Arizona. We all can't wait for the season. Thank Thanks you for having for me, man. Us. I appreciate it. It was great. Adam DeWood, great to see you. Yeah. All right, Excellent man. stuff. I can't wait to uh, for baseball to start. Yeah. It right? started, right? Yeah, we got March 24th, March 26th, and then yeah. the season opens uh, on that uh, Thursday in Seattle, March wow. 30th. That's right. Like, the first six games are all... Seattle f- uh, for four, and yeah. then Oakland for three. Yeah. So, seven on the road on the West Coast awesome. before we come It's a rough way to open. Yeah. That's a rough way to open. It's because we have to stay up late to watch <laughs> yeah. it. Rough way to open it. I'll be doing it. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks all right, so much man. for coming in, Mikey, what do you got for us? Yeah, no, I just want to remind everybody that the 12 o'clock lunch hour is brought to you by Colleague Racing, Northeast Ohio's official NASCAR team. We mentioned this earlier. We'll mention it again. If you haven't already become a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, what are you waiting for? For a buck ninety-nine a month, you get to be a starters tier member. That's loyalty badges, custom emojis, just like we were using earlier in the show. Members-only community posts for four ninety-nine a month. You enter the coaches tier, and that gets you all the same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, member shout-outs, discount codes for merch, much more. You text with Jason during games. Overtime gets wild. Uh, some things that we can definitely not say on the regular show get said in overtime. So if you're not a member, you are missing out, and hopefully at some point you decide to join that exclusive club. Well, I can't wait for baseball season. It's uh, March 17th. I go to spring training. Yeah. Yeah. Eight days. Man, thanks again to Colleg Racing, Mikey. I know. We love Colleg Racing. And for the second time in a minute, I'm going to tell you guys that they are the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. Sorry. So, a little update on Jay. Yeah. Jay will join us in a sec. He's going to use Sean, his photographer's phone. So, he went to the field with the phone and realized he couldn't unlock it. He didn't have Sean's code. So, he's now walking back to the locker room <laughs> where he just interviewed Terry Francona and Tom Hamilton. And then he's going to join us in a sec. Why can't so, he use his own phone? His headphone jack is broken. And if you could have seen Jay before we took him live yesterday, it was mass chaos. That's why he can't hear in his headphones. And he was like, I can't hear. I can't hear. I'm like, Jay, you're a professional. Figure it out. <laughs> and eventually he did. But he was going to use headphones so it sounds a little clearer. Use a real microphone. So we are just waiting for Jay to do that. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt was I, awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And he was. And um, I'm still going to complain about the payroll. But, you know, what is he going to do? I mean. You know, I, I get it. It, it is. It, I, I agree with Matt, though. Like fans want to talk about that all the time. And once we start talking about the team and the game, it's like, OK, to me, the payroll is offseason conversation, right? Like, you know, after, like during the season, you kind of forget about the payroll, right? Yeah, like well, if the playoffs comes around for the Cavs. You start you stop talking about who a cook can pick up. No, you right. have what you got, bro. Nobody was nobody was complaining about the payroll in 2016. No, but they had a higher payroll. But no one. Was, but right. I, I guess if they, we talked a couple weeks ago about extension eligible guys. Right. Start locking up Andres Jimenez before it's too late. Lock up Stephen Kwan before it's too late. McKenzie, McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie, Gonzalez is such a boomer bust guy. You yeah. talked about earlier. But if you, if they lock up some of these guys, if they make a move with the trade deadline, nobody's going to care what they're paying them. No one's going to care about the payroll. Just win. Lock up some of these guys now. Spend the money that way rather than trying to dive into free agency. And coming up with a guy who may or may not be a success, um, and and a lot of that'll go away. No one's going to complain about it anymore. Yeah, they so do we, so much else right. They yes. do so. I mean, I, I was going to mention the conversation moved on, but they just absolutely knocked the Lindor trade out of the park. When you when you look at like what the, the Orioles got nothing for Manny Machado, nothing, and he had a half year left on his deal. Frankie had one year left. It's essentially the same thing. It's one postseason, well, right? To get Ahmed Rosario and Jimenez out of that. Well, they got two minor leaguers who I think are, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember that's who icing the on the cake. Are. Yeah, I don't, I don't right. know. And and now potentially they'll either extend Rosario or maybe flip him. It's going to be a weird situation because the Guardians were thinking about flipping Ahmed Rosario last year. They couldn't because they made it to the playoffs. They weren't expecting to make the playoffs when the season started. Now you're going into a season where you are expecting to make the playoffs. It's going to be. It's probably they're going to lose them for nothing. Probably. Right, because he, like in the past, they've made trades at the deadline where they add and sell, which right. they did with Bauer. Right. And, you know, but like Rosario, I can't imagine them trading Rosario in season. If he's having a good year and, and they're rolling, it's yeah, it's hard to not trade your starting shortstop. You're not going to do that. You could sell the Bauer thing because of what they got back. Right. But but they rarely let guys who are good go. He feels like a guy they could afford to sign. But, I, you know. I think it's more with the guys coming behind him. I and know. I understand it's not a sure thing. I but get it. you could turn. They have And s- also, Rosario, yeah. as good as he is, he's not Carlos Correa. He's not Xander Bogarts. Right. But because he's not those guys, they can afford to pay him. 
Yeah, but he's also, not going to get that kind of money. No, I agree. But also, because he's not that kind of guy, it's easier to hit that with some of the guys. Maybe it's but, not like it's not like you're moving on from Frankie Lindor going, oh my God, no, how are I, we going to replace? What I'm saying, this? Jason, is you could use that glut of infielders to go get another pitcher at some point this season, and then re-sign Rosario at a at a rate that they can afford to pay. I would rather them use the Rosario money to lock up some of these guys long term to maybe take a swing at the trade deadline. You should be able to do both. And right? and between Arias and Rocchio and some of these yeah. other guys, you're typically th- this is too good of an organization not to find one that's going to hit. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, go ahead, Mikey. So while we're waiting on Jay, we're going to do this after Jay. We'll do it real quick now beforehand. And if he cuts in in the middle, we'll just save the rest for overtime here. But G. Bush sent me this yesterday. And I want your guys' thoughts on it. You get one shot to make. For $50,000, you get you make a layup. Make a free throw, 100K. Top of the key, three, 500K. A wing three-pointer, 750K. A corner three-pointer, a million dollars. That's life-changing money. Corner three is the easiest... I, I kind of not. Why would the corner three be more? I, mean, I think the wing be, three is because the there's no per, there's no depth perception in the corner three. It's I, the shortest, but it is the hardest for a non basketball. You know, player. I would I almost wouldn't want to do it because I feel like there's almost no chance I would make those baskets, and I would just be it would just you could make a layup. My life. I'd take a layup. The layup. I'd take the layup. Easy money. I couldn't do it. I would have, really. No, no, no. I would not do the layup. I would not pass on a chance to win a million dollars. Oh, I would take the layup. I'm taking the layup. I'll take a free 50K. That makes no sense. That's Why? free. Because Why? you make a good living. You can afford to take a chance. You're not. What are the, what are the odds that I'm actually going to make a three for a million dollars on the line? They're going to give you 50K all at once. But that's like, not even a gimme. A I, layup? I, I could definitely miss a layup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> terrible. Well, your son, well, your son, like, how many times were you missing layups when you a played? Ton. This, like, uh, you was blowing the bunnies? Dude, I could barely get off the ground. I got, like, a, <laughs> a, a negative vertical. Now, now, I will say this, McNuggets. I will tell you this. Yeah. When you are talking about a layup, unless you go through the layup line and do it like the layup line, you do have a chance of missing a layup. If you were flat-footed on yeah. the box outside, right. of the, outside of the key, you I'm, can miss I'm that. Make, I'm making a layup. Let me see. For 50, can I see 000, that I'm list again, Mikey? Can Pull you it bring up, that back up. You guys, so does this change anyone's answer? It changed mine on an indoor court versus an outdoor court. Because it changes my answer completely. Yeah, but you're an actual basketball player. So out, no. Out, outdoors. Uh, Mikey, outdoor. If your answer is anything but a corner three, you're, you've just embarrassed yourself. This is Jay. Hold on one sec. All right. Uh, hey, Jay. I would. Yeah. I think I would shoot the top of the key for 500. Man. I think I can, I can make if uh, every once in a while I take a nice smooth shot from the top of the key. That is not a every high percentage shot. That that order is just wild because I'd rather shoot from the wing than the top. Why don't nobody want to shoot the corner through four million? See, for me, I think the wing but is the I, hardest. I mean, the corner, the corner, it, it, the corner, it, it should be a half court shot for a million. The corner okay. three should not be a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. G mean, asked me this question yesterday. I, first thing I said is, are we inside or outside? Because that does make a massive difference. If it's I ain't shooting a three pointer on a double rim, oh. bouncy backboard. Right. Oh. right. That, that's, that's nothing. Outside, now, I'm shooting a Mike, free throw. Mike, wouldn't you shoot a free throw for 100K? Outside, yeah. That, that's what I would do outside. Inside, yeah. I'd shoot a corner three. Okay. Yeah. I would shoot the top of the key shot. Inside and outside? Doesn't matter. I, you know what? Who am I kidding? I have a chance. To, I'm a gambler by nature. I don't gamble anymore, but in this case, when I'm not really, I have nothing to lose, essentially, I would take the corner three. I would not walk past a dollar laying on the sidewalk. I would not walk past a $50,000 layup. Now, now here's the, the thing. Layup. Here's the thing. All right, what if it's, what if it's like, say, for instance, it, they give you 75, but you got to make a left-hand layup. Good, I'm a lefty. <laughs> I can make a left-hand layup. Nobody, nobody defending me just standing there. I can put that in. Uh-huh. And I was not basketball was by far my worst sport. left hand layups, bro. By far, man. Listen, you got to jump off your right I, foot, though. I'm going to make a layup 19 out of 20 times. I'm going to make a corner three, seven out of 20 times. Give me the odds in the 57. I, I will say now, listen, the average NBA player shoots what behind the three point line? What? 35 percent. 35 yeah, is but, good, but that's not it. But if those, if those guys were just shooting in practice, they'd right. like 90%. Right. I mean, they? but still, right. it's still a 70 some percent chance that these dudes ain't gonna hit it. No, not in, not in a situation like this where just nobody there defending and shoot? you. Now, well, and then I, what I did, I did say with McNuggets, I said, now you can either do it 
or you can have a player do it for you. Right? Oh, well, oh well. No, but you have to. But, ha- but, it, but it has to be a center. All right. Nikola Jokic, come here. <laughs> well, we picked, Shoot a quarter three we, for me, we buddy. Picked, and I did, well, which I, one did you pick, by the way, for yourself? Which one? For me, pick? for definitely layup. I definitely got a layup. That's a free 50K. Um, I thought about it really long and hard. I mean, I shot about 73% from the free throw line in high school. That's still not good. I mean, for me, and this is going to sound like a douchey thing because I'm going to sound like a rich guy, which I am far from. But to me, 50K doesn't change my life. Now, I'd love to have 50K. It would make a a difference. It's a free 50K. But it doesn't change my life. It's a free 50K. All right, hold on, hold on. 50K put in a a nominal account. No. With a 3% interest. 500K makes... I got to go for at least a 500. But, but you, what did you start That's, with? You started if with If you're going to do a top of the key, you might as well shoot the No, million. I would. You're right. I would do, the, well I'd do the corner three for a million. If you're going to shoot a three, God, shoot the shortest Mike, three for the most player, money. That's embarrassing if you would not shoot the corner three even outside. No, listen, on an outside court, if it's a legitimate real outside court, maybe. But even at places like Rucker Park in New York City, they have those double rims and the breakaway – I don't know what it's called, but the back between the rim and the basket. Yeah. Shooting outside with the wind factor, it, nearly impossible. Ah, uh, well. So, Inside, I'm, I'm chucking threes. So, by the way, um, if you just keep $50,000 in a regular BS account, um, you could have in 20 years $160,000. What do you mean a regular? The market's been terrible. My 401k that I had on my last job, I've lost like a million dollars. How much will your investment of 50000 be worth in the future? At the end of 20 years, your savings will have grown to $160,357. Yeah, that's, that, that's a, you know, if the market's not I'll be dead in 20 years. Yeah, exactly. I'm spending the 50k. Says, <laughs> says the gamblers. They I'm reinvested. Part, I'm partying. It's party time. Mike, <laughs> if you and I played one-on-one, what do you think the final score would be? Oh, you're not. You're gonna get smashed. Bro. Oh, you get. Sco- I'm scoreless. Yeah, probably. it's not gonna finish because I'm gonna break your ankle. You're gonna you fall down. Could, you get the I DMP. Could, you don't for think I injury. can back him down though? I got 150 pounds on him. No, no, you're. you're and he's not tall. I'm uh, not that I am. So but bull, 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 you got you got the Achilles, bro. You got the Achilles. You. Can't. We are playing, and I'm gonna score against. This. Bull, so we've you, got you, Jay versus Tyvis in baseball. I'm gonna back him down. Mike versus. You still have to make the shot. You're not confident you can make an open layup with no one playing you. I'm not. But I think I can back him down though. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not stopping yet. It's like yeah. trying to stop Glory the ball from rolling a hill. Oh, These gonna, guys. No, the difference is Tyvis really thinks he couldn't no. like, get a legitimate no. hit. He won't Ty- even fight. Ty- Ty- has Tyvis Ty- played baseball? Is no. Tyvis no. played softball. He was terrible, Mike Ty- said. Tyvis won't even follow I'm on offense. I'm saying I could score one point against Mike in a game. <laughs> uh, and, so, G, real, real quick story. And Jay is a higher – no offense, Mike. Oh, much higher. Jay is yeah, a he played more college baseball player than you are a basketball player. So, Jay actually can't get his equipment to work. So, we're not going to have Jay today. So, we asked the chat, give us a topic for five minutes before we do final takes. And the topic we are going to choose from my lovely associate producer from LXXVII. Come up with a line. His question is, would you trade Jared Allen in the offseason? Well, I mean, that's a stupid question (laughs) because I have to know what I'm getting back. This idea that anybody is untradeable is dumb. Of course. I, I would trade almost any player but uh, at the right price. I'm in no hurry to trade Jared I have Allen. no desire to trade. You'd ha- I'd have to be blown away by the offer. Why? Why would I get rid of him out of all the people? Like we, First of all, like you don't have to run anything for him. He's an energy guy. He's a really cool dude in the locker room. People love him. He's intelligent. He's a, he's a really he's low, main, he's low no maintenance. maintenance, a grade-A defender. Like him and Evan Mobley. Like you, people don't understand. The fact that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are can play together, they got light temperaments. They might be out in South Beach. I can tell you two people that ain't out in South Beach tonight: Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. They at home playing euchre or something. You believe that, Jason? I'd probably do something, but they won't be. They but won't be bowling. They won't be at Fountain Blue. No, nah, they bowling. They doing bowling. Uh, they doing stuff like indoor putt putt golf. They're nerds, is what you're saying. D and D. They're not doing. They don't. Look, they don't look I, like they got the joints coming to the spot. Without knowing the exact trade, I can't answer the question. But I, I think we all agree it would have to be one crazy trade. They for have us to want to trade Jared. They out. have no cap concerns. They have yeah. no tax concerns. Like they're in really good shape with their cap sheet. There's really no reason to. Yeah, to I, 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 and who would probably you get? no. 
Unless unless you're blowing, unless they're getting some wing player that's so great, I can't say no. LeBron. I wouldn't trade him for LeBron. I mean, yes, I would. <laughs> you want another topic real quick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is from Evan419. If you had the chance to end any crime, but could only end it by committing it once, what crime would you pick? Murder. <laughs> Wait, you're saying if, if Jason commits murder, then murders can never happen? No more murders ever for the rest of time. Wow. Well, of course it would be murder. That's ridiculous. <laughs> would I murder someone? To end to murder? End murder of all time. Why wouldn't I? And find rid- some bad person. And murder. get rid of some people that you don't like? Right. I could kill somebody that's <laughs> off, That's an awful human being, and then there's never going to be any murders again. That's going to be great. Do we, do we get convicted? I would be saving society. But do we have to go to prison for committing murder? Oh, I go to prison. <laughs> you wouldn't do well in prison. You said it like you would not, right? Nobody's going to want to do anything to me. I'm not, you know. Hey, Bull is a dude you turn around. That's how you know. Bull is the guy that you come in. He goes in for like a, a shoplifting fee, and then all of a sudden, he's the kingpin inside. <laughs> Bull is smacking people he's up. He's got neck tattoos. he got neck tattoos. I'm, I'm down, man. When did you become the head of MS-13, Bull? Yeah. I, I, You're not even Mexican. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be whatever I have to be, man. <laughs> I, I would do my thing in, in prison. Yeah, he would. He, listen, he'd be like, I ain't going back. And ain't nobody else going back. I'm like, I man. He, got like, from the neck up, I look a little prisony. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> he, like, he would be really, he would be Peter Griffin in prison. He'd be running <laughs> with, with an iron fist, bro. Yeah, Is there another crime where, how about Robbie the Bank? Someone said embezzlement. Embezzlement's a good one. The embezzlement is no. a good one. I, w- wouldn't it be great if nobody could, could get killed ever again? Nobody can be murdered. Yeah, embezzlement. Saving society. There is no. But again, do we have to go to the electric chair for murdering someone? I, I think we. Are you willing society. to give up yourself no. for the good of society? No. It's actually a great. It's actually a great question. No, I would not. No, not not would you die, but uh, like I think this question about committing a crime to end it for the rest of the it's a great question. To get rid of murder, who cares about embezzlement? We get rid of murder. Yeah, but we'd be rich with embezzlement. I mean, if there was no murders, like, would our population explode? It's yes. already explode. We're already overpopulated anyway. So Did Thanos have a point? Huh? Did Thanos have a point? He, he Yeah, he definitely had a, a really good Thanos point. Thanos indiscriminately killed people. Now, now Thanos, now here's the Who thing. Who would you kill, by the way? Thanos had all the crystals. I have a list. <laughs> I, have, I have a solid list, too. Thanos <laughs> number one on that list right now. <laughs> What's That's that? right. Earl's number, one. Earl's number one on that list yeah. right now. Get him out of here. He hit me in the head with a shovel the other day. <laughs> got rid of me. Oh, Killed me off. Yeah, Killed me off the set. Gee, you got a list? Um, She's a little nicer than you and I. A, a, a kill know, list? A kill list. Oh, he's for sure got a kill. Everybody's uh, got a kill list. Um, <laughs> now, I just wish, I wish things that I, I can, on people, like, that I'm not going to get charged for, like, I be wishing, like, sometimes if I don't like you, I wish you come out and your tires is flat and somebody put sugar in your gas tank. That's not going to kill you, no. but it's going to be a it's hell. Mess up your life. It's like, you done messed my day up. <laughs> you done really, yeah. like, I, like, some people, yeah. I be like, I hope your direct deposit don't come today. I, hope, <laughs> I know you need that check today and today only. That's right. You got another <laughs> question, Mike? Another fan question? Uh, I'm going through. Anthony, anything else? No other good ones? Uh, Earl's got one. Hold on. This Go is from the voice of God, Earl. I wish that, uh, like, I'm petty, right? So people I can't stand, I wish, like, they get stuck in freeway traffic and really, really got to use the bathroom, and they can't go nowhere. Yeah, that's tough. That no such thing specifically for Is that a question? No, he just wanted and to by be the way, petty against people. By the way, whenever I see somebody tweet about traffic in Cleveland, I'm, I'm like, you're embarrassing yourself right now. There is no such thing as traffic in Cleveland. Yeah. And no such thing? Especially if you live on the west side. You should never, if you live on the west side, you should never be in traffic because the once in a blue moon that there is traffic, there's another way around it, always. Was that an indirect shot at G. Bush? <laughs> oh, I hadn't really thought about it, but. Yeah, you're right. It kind of was. Kind of, yeah, kind of was. That yeah. was. That's two shots right now. Look, uh, Earl, uh, Earl's question was like that one tweet you read about Dave Cowan. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything else. Uh, did Earl have, did Earl say it was a question? question? He said that was going to be his question, and it was just a statement. It well, ended with a period. So in the fall, yeah. do we talk about the gazebo I bought in Kentucky? Do we talk yeah, about I, that? Yeah, I remember what? that. I remember that. I, I remember bought that. a gazebo in Kentucky 
off of one of those auction sites. It was like a $1,500 gazebo, and I got it for like 100 bucks off an auction site. But I had to drive down there and get it. That's how cheap I am. <laughs> My mom did the same well, How much gas did it stuff? cost you to get this gazebo? It was one tank. What? It was like just outside. It was just over the border, just over the Cincinnati-Kentucky border. Okay. But I got caught in traffic, and this thing was – it was like an accident, and I, it was dead stop. And this place closed at 5, and I'm yeah. watching the time on the GPS tick up. Yeah. Like, your arrival is – 442, 449, 503, 518. Like, screw it. I got in the berm, and I'm driving up the berm. It's a minivan. I got the minivan going up the berm. I got to get to the GPS. 501, I got to pick up a gazebo in Kentucky. Hey, that's that's so insane. <laughs> and you know who put it together? Mike. I got Mike that I gave you, the handyman, put that's it together right. for me. So I, I got like oh this really God. to put over the I got this big gazebo to put over yeah. the hot tub. Got it and bought it off an auction site Jason's in got a Kentucky. Hot tub, excuse me, hot tubs really aren't that big. Of a deal. Yeah, yeah, they, they you can. I'm going house hunting and they got one. all these little little. I'm like, why you got that hot tub in there? Yeah. Take that out. I don't want it. We got one more topic before we get to final takes here. This yeah. from uh, Reflock. He tweeted it out a second ago. Former UCSS guest. Most overrated song of all time is what? Oh, this is very overrated. Easy. These are the songs that that white people get a hold to. Living, living start, on a prayer. Oh my God! Uh, 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 listen, listen, Jimmy Buffett. Oh my God! Stop. I don't like Jimmy Buffett. Uh, su- Sweet Caroline. Don't you do it! Sweet, don't you stop do it. it! Don't stop you do it! it. We Y'all, will fight. Yeah, I know. I will lose, it, it, but you, we will fight. Everybody, like Caroline. I, oh, that was I my like Sweet song. Caroline. No, no, no. That listen. was my jam. That is what you, that is what you play at 145. And you're looking for somebody to take home. 145 Sweet Caroline, you like, give me one beer and one Sex on the Beach drink. I'm going to slam these, and I'm on this floor, and I'm looking to make out. <laughs> Look, that's the... That, at 10, she's a 2. At 2, she's a 10. Yeah, there she is, right? <laughs> Go get her some food, too. She's going to pass out. <laughs> I don't really have a song. Hey, guys, can I help hop in with a bold take here? Yeah. Anything by the Beatles. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, that's bold. Terrible take. That's hey, hey, no, no, that's a very good take. That's I don't know no songs from the Beatles. None. Mm. I, just I think know the Rolling were- Stones is a band are overrated. I remember, this is funny, so we were in Orlando, and Joe and Dave had gone out to see some Bon Jovi cover band or something at Disney, and they were telling, Joe was trying to tell LeBron about all these Bon Jovi songs at like 9.45 in the morning, LeBron's like, man, I don't give a damn about that, what are you talking about, bon- I don't care about Bon Jovi, right, you're trying to give me these Why, I don't even know what you're talking about, it was, is not it. it was hilarious, hey, Flow Rider, apple bottom jeans, boots <laughs> with the fur, Yo, that song slapped in middle school. Oh, oh, it's at every whack wedding, and no what weddings song? aren't funny. Uh, uh, Flow Rider. It's called Low by Flow Rider. You heard it. Oh, I hate that song. Oh, thank you. It's horrible. That song's ass. It's it, it, there, there's a couple of songs that they're gonna play. They play California Love at every wedding. California. No, stop moving that way. I don't like the song. Celebrate good times. Come on. I hate that too. Because you hate to smile, you hate rainbows, you hate puppies. That's why you hate to celebrate, bro. What's that? She said you hate rainbows, puppies, all things good. I hate rainbows. Nah, who doesn't hate like? Do you want hey real quick before Jason's final take, Jason? I promise you your final take. It's like 30 seconds. So it's not. I got got some answers to Reflog's tweet. He had a lot of responses. And we're gonna decide if his song's (laughs) overrated, properly rated, or underrated. You ready? Yes. Stairway to Heaven. I like it. It's overplayed. They they played the hell out of that. Overrated. They played the hell out of that. It's overplayed. Sweet Caroline was the second option. I will fight anyone who tries to take that from me. You're gonna fight food, fun, and Premier League football. He's who tweeted that. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's What's one. That? Of, that's a terrible. That's who, that's who tweeted it. That's who tweeted oh. Sweet Caroline. He, he he submitted Sweet Caroline. Sweet Care. We should close the show with it. Bum bum bum. I do like that. That was, like, that was my karaoke so song in college. So, so good, so good. good. That's so right. Good. Stop saying it.
Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Hey man, we we don't know nobody in our community named Caroline. Times have been always bad. We was on public assistance and we ain't doing bump bump bump. <laughs> I'll tell you, I no. tell you, I, I think about some of the songs I liked when I was younger that are like really terrible, like getting jiggy with it. Remember that song? That's not nah, not 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 not. No, no, no. The whole song is just him saying, getting jiggy with it. I mean, we, 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 as a community, we've canceled Will Smith. We got him out of there. Did you see Chris Rock? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I had to shut it off. He went, he was All I watched was the seven minutes on Will Smith because it was all over social media. And he went in, like, it was just like he just telling how he really feel. He really, really feel like, I'm not, I can't put, listen. I can't put hands on nobody as a six foot five, two hundred, no, three hundred plus pound black man. First of all, they might die <laughs> on accident. Why'd you die? I just smacked you. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Why'd it's, you die? Like, second of all, like they might arrest you on spot. Like, there's like these are rich black people, so they can they can gauge whether or not you want to. Yeah, I'm gonna press charges or not. No, they got it. They got district attorneys out here that press charges for people. Mm. Like, yeah, we're gonna get him up off the books. Yeah, come on, Will. They got him. Will. Mm. Will's done. I don't know if he can come back. Well, if they, that movie came out that he was in. No one watched that. That's true. Nobody did. No I one saw that. I felt like I didn't want to watch it because he was in it. Nope. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. And I don't believe it. And but first of all, most of the time when people say somebody's getting canceled, they don't actually get canceled. I don't believe in canceling people, even people that I despise. But. Uh, but I didn't watch it, and I think part of the reason was I was like, I don't want to watch Will Smith. Yeah, no, I'm stupid, but I, I just didn't watch. I it. I would totally watch a Will Smith movie. <laughs> I, I want to know. I'm not. Jay, like, he like, made a mistake. I'm not <laughs> saying I'm against all Will Smith movies. Yeah, I'm that just new saying one. That new one. I was like, he was like, hold on, I want to watch it. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait it out. Maybe because I'll it's catch a movie you. about slavery. Yeah, and I'm like. Did you do this on purpose? Did you? Does this a tearjerker for? And I was like, like, I don't want to watch Will Smith in this movie. Nah, I'm gonna wait I don't this know out. why. I'm gonna wait it out. But wait anyway. it uh, two things, and then, yeah. or one thing, then Jason's final take. This is a tease for Monday. Oh, oh. And it is not for us. It is for the fans. We have created something. I think the viewers of the show are going to love, and we're gonna give a prize out on Monday for the first person who reaches back in with this. All the details will be released Monday morning on Twitter. It's a game they're going to play along with us throughout the show. So just know that's coming. Monday, make sure you tune in. You can also do it Tuesday with – Jason, you're back Tuesday, right? As long as the boat don't sink. There's a Jason version on Tuesday. (laughs) There's a Tyvis version on Wednesday, and then you can play whenever you want. We will explain all the details. Yeah, right. But it took took Anthony – this has been in the works for about two months now. It took us a while to come up with the right formula, the right presentation. Okay. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys. Okay. Stay tuned. That's coming. Jason, the floor is yours. Oh, did you get the picture I sent you? I got both. All right. Congratulations to my dear friends, Ashley Collins and Jimmy Hanlon, on the birth of their first baby boy, Jake. Ashley, of course, was my – there's little Jake – uh, Ashley, I did a lot of shows with her, filling in for Bruce Drennan over the years. She's been a staple in the Cleveland media, and she has been on maternity and just had her first baby boy with uh, Jimmy Hanlon, the golfer, and congratulations to the happy couple on a beautiful baby boy. All are healthy, all are well. Jake is seven pounds. I didn't get the ounces. Uh, he was early, and he was seven pounds. So thank God he was early, or that could have been bad. That's a big, big baby. Yeah. So congratulations to Ashley and Jimmy on the birth of your son. Very, very happy for you. Can't wait to meet him. Good, good job out of you. That's all. I shout out to my dentist, Dr. Dowd. She just we have breaking news real quick, Bull. Congratulations. We got breaking news real quick. We have a super chat from Michael Ribovich, who says breaking news. Someone please let Bull know he's already lost his bet of the day. Oh my God in heaven! Dang, it was a day game. game. Oh, it was. You lost, Bull. (laughs) Dang, bro. Costanza. Just go opposite. Bro, you really need to do that right now. (laughs) And he super chatted. He is in such a slump. He lost the bet before the show was over. Right. Like, we put the bet. Can I make another bet? (laughs) Nah. What was the score? (laughs) I saw it. We got one minute left. The score. uh, Steve Becker was texting us updates throughout the day. The score. As I pull it up here, um, I saw Steve texted us something about the score mid game. I I told you Toledo. They lost by 14, Bull. Oh, oh 14, I lost 
I told you Toledo, man. Hey, man. Yeah, well. Oh, well, by one point. I thought it was 13 and a half. Bull is drowning on the rivers. You lost either way, 13 or 13 Sorry, I've cost you money, folks. I'll try better tomorrow. Mike Farron on with us tomorrow from MLB Radio. Anybody else? Potentially Jay, if he can figure out how to work an iPhone. That's a question. He always has a problem on the road. He's the only one who can't figure it out. We'll see you on tomorrow. I'm going to Bahamas. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.